Is infrastructure fun? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
uh, they will do everything they can to destroy you. So that is the plan for today. Uh, before we get to it, let me talk to you guys about Patriot Supply. Uh, you guys know, with so much chaos and danger in the world these days, I highly recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. Let's face it, you're gonna need this food and now is the time to get it before it's too late. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and stock up with their popular three-month emergency food kit. We've got a couple downstairs right now. When you do, you'll get $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus. You'll need this gear when things fall apart or the grid goes down or anytime you might have to fend for yourself. Let's say you live in San Francisco and the zombies start attacking your house. You gotta do something, right? Uh, to see everything you'll get, go to mypatriotsupply.com. Your $200 bonus comes free with each three-month emergency food kit you order. That way, everybody in your family will be prepared. But hurry, this offer won't last forever. Check this off your list and sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst-case scenario ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com for free shipping. MyPatriotSupply.com. And now back to me. All right, so let's jump right into it. Vivek Ramaswamy has announced he is running for president. I think there is going to be a broad wide swath of Republicans representing a whole bunch of different ideas, but all part of what I've been trying for, I'd say a year or two now to put together, which is this broad coalition on the right of people who have some differences, some are a little more libertarian, some are a little more socially conservative, some are the ex-libs, whatever it might be, that we all actually love America and we love freedom and we believe that this experiment is good and worth continuing. And I think we're gonna get a whole bunch of interesting people on those debate stages. And Vivek jumped in yesterday. Here is his announcement. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. Faith, patriotism, and hard work have disappeared, only to be replaced by new secular religions like COVIDism, climatism, and gender ideology. We hunger to be part of something bigger than ourselves Yet we cannot even answer the question of what it means to be an American. Today, the woke left preys on that vacuum. That has created a new culture of fear in our country that has completely replaced our culture of free speech in America. And that is why today I am announcing my run for president of the United States. This isn't just a political campaign. This is a cultural movement to create a new American dream for the next generation. If we can revive that dream over fractious group identity, then nobody in the world, not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus is gonna defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. And that is what we will need to revive to save this great nation. All right, the messaging is good. Now put aside whether you love Trump or you love DeSantis or you love Nikki Haley or you love anybody else, uh, this guy clearly is a good communicator of the right ideas. Uh, he is a second generation American. His parents moved here from India. Uh, he has become a multi, multi-millionaire. I think he's worth a couple hundred million dollars. So there's a little bit of a Ross Perot feeling to this. I am not sitting here telling you the guy is gonna be president. I like him, I'll interview him. I hopefully will interview everyone that, that runs for president and, and let them share their ideas. Uh, but I think his messaging is correct and on point. You know, the other thing that he's been doing over the last year is he runs this fund called Strive, which is basically a, a reverse ESG fund that they want 
the, the companies that Strive invests in to have nothing to do with ESG, meaning nothing to do with the social credit score and that you actually would invest in companies who want to make money and make good products, not be part of the WEF's ESG campaign to act a certain way and have a certain amount of diversity. And oh my God, we have a lesbian on the board. It's very exciting. So there is something good here uh, going on with Vivek. Uh, he actually, he posted that video uh, for the official launch, and then he went on Tucker Carlson and explained a bit more. So it does seem like Don Lamont, you know, just a cable host, but this is a perfect illustration of where identity politics wind up when you stray from universal principles that bind us all under the same rules. Exactly. I mean, we are in the middle of this national identity crisis, Tucker, where we have celebrated our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways we're really just the same as Americans bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. And that's why I'm proud to say tonight that I am running for United States president to revive those ideals in this country, those basic rules of the road, meritocracy, the idea that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character, the idea that you are allowed to speak freely, yes, to be wrong sometimes, as long as your neighbor gets the same courtesy in return. The idea that the people who we elect to run the government, by the way, are the people who actually run the government. Basic rules of the road. These are the things that bind us together. You and I have different shades of melanin. You know what I say? So what? That's not beautiful. That is not our strength. Our diversity is meaningless if there's nothing greater that binds us together across that diversity. And the reason that I'm running for president is to revive those ideals. And I believe deep in my bones, they still exist. Yeah, they do still exist, and we've got to return to them, and that's what he's talking about. Uh, he's originally from Ohio. He went to Harvard. As I said, he founded Strive Management. I think he's an excellent communicator. Like, he's clean and clear, and I think having him on that debate stage is going to be really, really good. He's pro-America. He's pro. What he's pushing there is the dream, is the dream that his parents came from India for, that my great-grandparents came from Eastern Europe, for, that whoever you are watching this, that most likely your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents, wherever they came from, whether it was South America or Southeast Asia or Western Europe or wherever, all came here for that thing that he's talking about, to fight for that meritocracy where your skin color does not matter. Now, what's fantastic about this is we're gonna see the media have to, once he gains a little momentum, and he will, you're gonna see the media do all sorts of tricks because he's got brown skin, and they only like brown skin people when they are sort of you know leftist NPCs. So he's gonna be a sellout, and there's gonna be some weird anti-Indian sentiment, which you're also seeing with Nikki Haley, by the way, uh, because Indians generally don't fit the minority box thing, right? They are largely successful and they put a lot into education and family. See Jews, see Chinese Americans. These are groups that do not fit in with the identity politics hierarchy, thus must be destroyed. A little more on Vivek. He put this tweet out and I wanted to go through some of the bullet points on this because I thought this was good. I challenge every GOP candidate to join me in making some easy commitments and affirmative action. Yes, no more race-based selection through government. Wouldn't that be something? Okay, I'm with you, Vivek. There you go. Number one, abandon climate religion. Yes, we should be allowed to question and ask. And they used to tell us the earth was cooling and now it's getting hotter and they don't want anyone living by the water, but Obama's got a $30 million house in Martha's Vineyard, et cetera, et cetera. That would be good. Total decoupling from China. 
yeah, do you think that maybe we shouldn't have so much dependence when it comes to medicine and equipment and infrastructure and uh, chips for our computers and everything else from a country that seemingly wants to take us over? That would be good. Eight-year limits for all federal, federal bureaucrats. That's a direct, direct drain the swamp type approach. We can't have people that have been here for 40 years sitting in their offices with, their, with that bad lighting and the linoleum uh, just, you know, basically running the government forever. Okay, say no to central bank digital currencies. Wouldn't that be something? That's a direct assault on the WEF. We do not want central bank digital currencies. We don't want to centralize what should be inherently decentralized. And we certainly should care more about the dollar than some, some you know, fake form of currency that the WEF is pushing out. Uh, release the state action files. I'm actually not totally sure what he means by that one. Can we get a little bit, we'll get a little bit more info on that one. Uh, but it's not just Vivek that's running. I mentioned Nikki Haley, and you might remember from a few days ago, Don Lemon, who subsequently had to take a few days off from CNN after making his ridiculously uh, sexist and ageist comments about Nikki Haley, that at 51, you know, she's not in her prime anymore. Well, somehow Whoopi Goldberg, who is, who she has literally become a human whoopee cushion. If you squeeze her, noxious gases come out of her mouth. I'm sorry, that was rather vile. Um, but she is just absolutely awful. Here she is on The View with fake conservative Alyssa Farah. Alyssa Farah, Alyssa, I, I think I've said this to you. Uh, well, I've definitely tweeted it at you, but I just want to be clear about this, Alyssa, if you're watching. Um, you're getting, let's say, a million bucks to be on the view for a year or two. Probably a million. You probably have like a two-year deal. It's probably about a million, million and a half. Uh, that's good cash. Most people would like to make a million or a million and a half. Would you guys be interested in that? That would be something. Okay, I can't help you there. But uh, that would be something most people would want. Uh, you're selling your soul to do it. You are not defending conservatism or any Republican idea or anything. And Whoopi and Joy and the rest of them, the second they are done, sucking your soul out of you, which you're giving to them on a plate anyway. They will never invite you to a wedding or to a, an event or to their house or anything else. Anyway, here is human Whoopi Cushion, Whoopi Goldberg, and complete conservative sellout, Alison Farah, uh, going after Nikki Haley for the same exact thing that Don Lamont had to take a couple days off for. It's time for a new generation of leadership. You're not a new generation, you're 51. What are you talking about? <laughs> DC, though, compared to DC, that's a new generation. Well, but, it's, but it's not a new generation. She may be, she may be younger than most of those people, but her, her rhetoric is the same. She's saying yeah. the same BS. Same and I, I love the young kid, but you know what? The only way you're going to get younger people to run, dude, is if you're out there talking to people and saying, run. Don't sit here and say, we need it to look like us. We know that. We know that. But we're not going to vote for people who don't have our best interests at heart. Yeah. Let me deal with the last part there. We're not gonna vote for people who don't have our best interests in heart. What did Ronald Reagan say? The eight scariest words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. These people want the government to be their daddy. They want the government to be their God. I do not. Go away from me, government. I don't like you very much. I don't need you. Yes, if there is a natural disaster, it would be nice if somebody could help out and I would like some roads and a border. Beyond that, I really don't want anything to do with you people. Uh, but the fact that Whoopi is going off on Nikki Haley's age. Now, first off, Whoopi is 67. 
Nikki is 51. Now, I'm actually not attacking Whoopi for her age. She has all of the wrong ideas, absolutely all of the wrong ideas. It's very sad watching Whoopi. She used to be a great actress. Like, everyone loved Whoopi. 20 years ago, there was no one in America that wasn't like, oh, Whoopi's a great actress. She's funny as hell. She does the, the comedy specials on HBO, and she's in Ghost, and uh, what was the, well, give me a Whoopi Goldberg movie, uh, Sister Act, thank you, Sister Act 2, back in the action, or whatever the hell that was. Uh, and she's just become a bloviating buffoon. But she's going after Nikki Haley and saying that she's not a new generation. She's actually technically wrong about that. Uh, Nikki Haley is Gen X. Gen X meaning you were born in the mid-60s, basically into the late 70s, a little bit into the early 80s. I'm 46 years old. I'm right in the middle. I was born in 76. I am right in the middle of Gen X. Gen X should be in charge right now. The problem is the boomers, which is a different generation. That's the generation that Nikki Haley's talking about. And by the way, Nikki Haley is not going after uh, Joe Biden because of his age specifically. It's his inability uh, to clearly handle the duties to be president, which are connected to his age. If he was a spry 81-year-old, if he was a spry 81-year-old, I'd be bitching and moaning about his uh, policies all the time, but I wouldn't have a plethora, an endless... Uh, uh, <laughs> an endless amount of videos that we could go to where he can't speak properly and everything else. So Whoopi, you are technically wrong because she actually is from another generation. And then Alison Farah there, it's like, lady, you can throw them a bone every now and again, but they are going to hate you and they are going to destroy you. And you're a liar. You're a liar too. We played the clip the other day of Alison Farah, you know, basically claiming that Ron DeSantis, uh, you know, that he wants, that he's racist because he wants to get rid of African-American studies. We'll get more to that, more on that in just a second. But speaking of all the people running, so you've got Vivek now, clearly he's got some good ideas. You've got Nikki, she has a great track record, right? Successful Republican governor of a, of a solid, strong state, South Carolina. UN ambassador, US ambassador to the UN under Trump, did a good job, no wars, peace in the Middle East, et cetera. So who else might run? Who might get into this thing? Well, Ron DeSantis has been bouncing around. He hasn't been in Florida for the last couple of days. Fortunately, we got a good machine here. So the gov is allowed to travel and things don't completely fall apart. Uh, he went to New York City. He went to Philadelphia. Uh, and I believe he's on his way to Chicago or maybe he's getting to Chicago this morning. Uh, so the official Ron DeSantis Twitter account put up this little compilation of, of what he's doing and why he's doing it. We do not surrender to the woke mob. Policing in the spotlight today. This morning, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is in New York. The first of a three-city tour. In Florida, our crime rate is at a 50-year low. And we've done it by our commitment to public safety and our support for the men and women of law enforcement. And contrast that to what we see in some of these other areas, which has had the polar opposite results, high crime, escalating rates. They are putting woke ideology ahead of public safety. They are pursuing politics at the expense of the well-being of those who wear the uniform. And I can promise you this, that in Florida, we will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Our state is where woke goes to die. All right, so you can see the chips kind of falling into place right now, right? Like, again, I don't know if DeSantis is running, but it certainly seems that way. I'm doing an event with him uh, this Friday in Palm Beach. If I try to, maybe I'll ask him a question and he could 
a little something, you know what I mean? Like, but it does seem that he's going in that direction. But even if he's not, the idea of a guy who is running a massively successful state saying, hey, we, we've got the blueprint, guys. We've got it right here. And we can help you in New York. We can help you in Illinois. We can help you in Pennsylvania. We can help you clean up your streets. We can help get the drugs off the streets. We can help you figure out how to do policing better and not just have massive drug markets everywhere and just the general state of mayhem that you have all over the place. He's doing it. And that's good whether he runs for president or not. Uh, mostly this tour has been about crime. Here he has given a speech uh, in New York about what's going on in the crime department over there. Take a look at the CNN Chiron. We're gonna show it to you again after, but look at the subtle ways that they try to program you. Take a look. We support strong policies to keep our communities safe and we back the blue and we support their mission and we back it up with money and all kinds of stuff to be able to do it. The reason why you have what you have in some of these other jurisdictions is because they're putting woke ideology ahead of your safety as New Yorkers or as people from Illinois or wherever you have this type of policy taking place. Okay, so the easy stuff is he goes, yeah, we fund the police, we back the police, so the police are able to do their job. And Florida has all-time low crime basically across the freaking board, like pretty much everywhere, even in Miami Beach, where we get thousands and thousands of tourists, often drinking late night, out partying all the time, and we have record low crime here. But did you catch that CNN, Chiron? We got it for you. Look at this. If you wanna see how the mainstream media tries to frame the narrative and confuse you and how it is, it is absolute propaganda, not journalism, the Chiron they used as Ron DeSantis is going around talking about the effective policies of Florida related to policing, DeSantis's use of government power to impose agenda worries conservatives. I do not know one conservative that is worried because Ron DeSantis has funded the police too much. It is a complete lie. Now, can you find any? Yes, you can find the Allison Farahs. You can probably find the David Frums and the Liz Cheneys. You can find the complete sellouts. But they're, one of the biggest things after we watched the summer of love and the last couple of years of chaos on the streets and everything else was that the stark difference between red and blue was obvious to everyone. And then we saw which way people moved. So the, the idea that CNN, so that what they want you to do there, you, you really need to understand the game. They are playing a psychological game with their viewers. I know you're not watching it. And again, I apologize for having to show you these clips, but we have to address the fact that a certain set of people are completely brainwashed and what the machine does to brainwash them. So they're hearing, they're watching that. So if you're the average Democrat, and I get it, you already hate DeSantis because you're confused and you think he's a white supremacist and he doesn't like black people and he hates gays and all of this stuff, right? And it's all nonsense, but you already have that in your brain. Then um, you're watching this video of him and he's making sense, right? You know, well, we fund police officers. We don't like, you know, mayhem on the streets. That's kind of what we're doing here in Florida. But they put underneath that because they don't want you to go, that's good what he just said. Oh, he's upsetting conservatives. He's upsetting conservatives because suddenly the other conservatives are really for small government. And it's Ron DeSantis who wants big government because he believes in policing, which is complete nonsense because one of the few things that most conservatives would agree on relative to the size of government is that you should have law and order. It is complete nonsense. But he's over the target right now, so everybody is going after him. Trump's going after him. All of the clowns at MSNBC, CNN, everybody's going after him. He was on Fox yesterday from New York. 
And my friend Lisa Booth got to ask him a question about taking fire from pretty much everybody. You've come under a lot of incoming fire recently. Uh, Nikki Haley taking aim at you, uh, Larry Hogan, as well, the governor of Illinois, uh, you know, from your visit coming up here to Chicago. You know, what are, what are, what's your reaction to, to some of those attacks? Well, Lisa, you know, if you're an, if you're an office holder and you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs and not getting anything done, no one ever says anything. You can kind of just fly under the radar. But when you're out there leading, when you're out there setting the agenda, not just for Florida, but really for the nation, which we've done over the last few years, uh, people see that and, and the people that, that don't necessarily like that uh, are going to respond accordingly. But uh, I can just tell you, uh, if people are not firing at me, then I must not be doing my job. And right. so I view it really as positive feedback. He just gets it. It's as simple as that. Look, I, I don't pretend that I'm totally objective here, right? I moved to this state and my life and my business and my family and my friends were all flourishing in large part because of this guy, what this guy did. So I'm not sitting here pretending that, oh, I have no personal feelings towards this whatsoever. I'm doing what, what journalists, uh, journalists never do. And again, I'm not a journalist. They pretend they don't have any feelings as they report and try to manipulate you. I'm putting the cards on the table. I like the guy and he's doing an honest job and that should be protected. So watch what happens. So he shows up in Illinois. Now, how many people were killed? Can I get the numbers on Chicago? I'm really, I'm really taxing you today, Phoenix. How many people were killed in Chicago this past weekend? Because DeSantis went over to Illinois. And as you know, Lori Lightfoot, uh, who was, by the way, incredible in Beetlejuice. She was wonderful. People say that Michael Keaton was the best Beetlejuice, but I've always said it was Lori Lightfoot. She's absolutely wonderful with those bugged out eyes. Um, she is the mayor of Chicago. Chicago has an insane amount of crime. It has basically the highest, uh, strictest gun laws in the entire nation. Uh, 22 people were shot in Chicago this weekend. Only four were killed, so that's pretty good. Anyway, so DeSantis, so it was down. It was down a little bit this week. Good for you, Chicago. We're gonna film Home Alone 4 there because there was a little less murder. It's just so ridiculous. Right, actually there was probably less murder because they knew DeSantis was coming to town and he might do something. Anyway, DeSantis shows up in Chicago and uh, the uh, Illinois Mayor Pritzker, uh, he's not happy about it and here he is and just listen to this drivel. The truth is that we, we actually have a much better education system in Illinois than they have in Florida. We're ranked higher than they are. U.S. News and World Report ranks K-12 education in Illinois sixth in the country and number one among the largest states in the country. So he's got nothing to brag about when it comes to education. So, uh, so he moves on and tries to use this word woke. Uh, to describe everything. He doesn't even know what the word means and he has no definition of it. It's just anything he doesn't like. I think I misspoke for a second. I called him Mayor Pritzker, but obviously he's the governor. Lightfoot is the mayor of uh, Chicago. He lied right there, absolutely lied. When I heard that, I was like, this cannot be true. This does not ring true to me. So we checked US News and World Report related to education. We screenshot it. Uh, who's number three? over there on education, despite no state income tax. So you'd think we wouldn't be able to fund the teachers, yet we somehow do. Yeah, Florida is number three. We are actually number one in higher education and number 16 in K through 12. Uh, Illinois, yeah, uh, they're 11. And, uh, you know, I didn't get a uh, good Illinois education, but I'm pretty sure that 11 is lower than three. Uh, they are number 32 
in higher education and they are number six in K through 12. So he completely lied about that. Also in an extended version of that, he went on to say that they are a state that believes in equity, which basically believe, means they believe in communism. Clown, ridiculous, nonsensical. Well, perfect adjectives because I've got a clip here of that Alison Farrah girl going off on DeSantis uh, saying that he's not really conservative. She is conservative. Are you hearing any discomfort among actual Republican voters? So here's the thing, Ron DeSantis is masterful at commanding national media attention and culture war stunts and leaning into the anti-wokeness gets him talked about, it raises his name ID and it, it riles up the base. There are people like me more in the Sununu, Larry Hogan camp, longtime lifelong conservatives who see it as government overreach, masked as conservatism, whether it's going after Disney, whether it's dictating from the state what local schools should teach rather than that being at the school board level or decided by parents. Um, I. I do think, however, this is the Trump MAGA party. And I think that the party is more in line with where Ron DeSantis is than the more traditional conservative party that I grew up in. Um, but I think we're gonna hash that out. I think it's possible Sununu gets in the race. I would love to see him make that intellectual case. Larry Hogan, someone who can do it very well as well. And I'm curious to see where Nikki Haley comes down on this line because it really is big government conservatism versus traditional small government. She is such an extraordinary sellout that in the dictionary under sellout, they should put her name. Now, obviously that wasn't a clip of the view that was her on CNN, but do you see what it is when you are a Republican or a conservative who will sell out all of your values, who will make sure that you only elect people who never get anything done or that will always lose. You will always back losers. They will put you on the view and they will put you on CNN. So again, Alison Farah, I hope the million and a half is worth it. I really do. I hope you have a nice condo and you know, your hair is nice. So I guess you're getting the, the carotene treatments or something. That was a pretty solid reference for me. I don't even know what carotene treatments are, but they're definitely, there's something, right? Girls get carotene treatments on their hair. Seems, seems like something. Okay. Uh, so I hope it's all worth it because you are selling your soul to do this nonsensical drivel. Uh, Connor made a good point during that clip. The, she said she was in the Sununu, wait, <laughs> This is the Sununu Hogan camp. Worst, worst camp ever. These people are just, I'm, I'm big for Sununu, Larry Hogan. That's the group that I want to be part of. It's so effing pathetic. It's beyond imagination. Here's Joy Reid. What's been a problem for Florida is now a problem for America. It isn't just about the cruise ship companies or Disney or even your woke gas stove. DeSantis is determined to stamp out intellectual freedom, and it's causing other red states to scrutinize AP black studies. He's also threatening to withdraw state support for advanced placement courses altogether. The Miami Herald reports that top Florida officials are exploring alternatives to the college board, meeting with the founder of an exam called the Classic Learning Test. Supporters of the exam say it focuses on the, quote, great classical and Christian tradition and the, quote, centrality of the Western tradition. Pretty much on brand for DeSantis, who clearly wants to be president and who is on tour to signal to the nation how he would govern. And that is by replacing a multitude of ideas with the one idea he holds dear, the centrality of white Christian thought. And who, let's be clear, is using woke to mean any notion that brown, black, LGBTQ people and women are citizens rather than subjects. Who, whether they live in red states or blue states, would in his American dream be forced to shut up and do, think, read and say only what Ron DeSantis tells them to. It actually would be my dream if we lived in a country where that woman had to shut up and only listen to what Ron DeSantis is saying. However, 
I accept that I live in a pluralistic democracy and I don't think Ron DeSantis wants to do that. I'm also fairly certain Ron DeSantis is not coming for the gays. You know, we did a year of this nonsense, don't say gay thing, right? The bill gets signed. Notice you haven't heard anything about it. They haven't been hunting the gays. Have you guys, you guys live in a slightly different part of town than I do. Are they hunting the gays where you guys are? Have you seen any gays running down the street uh, from the Ron DeSantis brigade? It's all complete nonsense. Also, Ron DeSantis defending Western thought. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and this thing about this like attack on Christian ideas. Uh, we do live in a nation built on Judeo-Christian ideals. These are the good ideals that led to the ideas related to individual freedom that allowed us all to flourish. Ron DeSantis is not racist. You people, they're bad people. Bad, bad people. And it is what it is. But let's continue uh, because clearly something is happening here. You're watching the machine in real time, all focus on him. No, notice nobody in the machine right now is focused on Trump. Right, so Trump is on Truth Social and he's sending out his messages, doing his thing, and we shall see what comes of it. And as I have said, there is a pretty good chance I'll end up voting for Trump, depending on how this all shakes out, okay? I see some people in the comments upset with me that I'm not being nice enough to Trump. And it's like, first off, I'm not part of a cult. I will criticize people as, as it comes across my desk. When DeSantis drops the ball on something horrible, I'll gladly talk about it. It's not a problem. I don't, I don't worship politicians. Uh, but... Uh, the machine right now is all from every single direction focused on DeSantis. It's not focused on Trump. And as I have said, you are going, if DeSantis gets in, you are going to see the machine back Trump. MSNBC, CNN, they will end up backing Trump. They won't be telling you to vote for Trump, but they will be talking about Trump as much as possible in a slightly more positive light because they view DeSantis as a threat and Trump will also get them clicks and views. And that's what they're in the business of. You must understand that. They are not in the business of telling you news honestly. They are in the business of making sure that you are stupid and continually watching their drivel. On that note, uh, DeSantis did comment on what's going on now with Biden visiting Ukraine because clearly he's trying to get in front of sort of all of the issues that will be important in 2024. Uh, I thought this was pretty solid. Things first on the president's unannounced visit. Is this a good move? Well, you know, Brian, I'm reminded of uh, when he was vice president, Obama and Biden uh, opposed providing lethal aid to Ukraine during those years. Uh, and then I'm also reminded that I don't think any of this would have happened, but for the weakness that the president showed during his first year in office, culminating, of course, in the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. So I think while he's over there, I think I and many Americans are thinking to ourselves, okay, he's very concerned about those borders halfway around the world. He's not not done anything to secure our own border here at home. We've had millions and millions of people pour in, tens of thousands of Americans dead because of fentanyl. And then, of course, we just suffered a national humiliation of having China fly a spy balloon clear across the continental United States. So we have a lot of problems accumulating here in our own country that, that he is neglecting. Yeah, like it's just true. It's just true. Biden's doing nothing about any of that. Right, and we'll talk about these Palestine thing in a second, doing nothing about any of that. And he's going to Ukraine to give them more money. And here's a couple more planes. And would you like some more tanks as if that's going to end the war? But they don't want the war to end. And yes, we are at war. I don't care what they tell you is technically true. When, we, when you are endlessly 
funding a war, when you are bankrolling a war, and maybe it's other people's citizens getting killed, but if you are bankrolling it, you're in that war. So make it clear, we are in this war and they want more war. The machine wants war. There's something sort of beautiful happening here too, because the more that the Biden administration goes in on this, and the corporate press obviously wants it too, the more that they go in on this, it gives the Republicans a really easy, clean way of being like, hey, we're the anti-war party. Now they'll make that, they'll frame that, the media will try to frame that, meaning that you're in bed with Putin, of course, and you're a Russian stooge and all that stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, putting aside political parties and everything else, are we running a perfect operation here in the United States, doing everything right by our citizens with a clean border and making sure spy balloons aren't coming over and taking care of our citizens who are dealing with these horrific disasters like in East Palestine, so that it would be sensible for us to be like, ah, oh, boy, we've really cleaned up our room over here. Let's, let's see what's going on over there. But we always have more money for that, right? We always have more money for the war machine. And just watch now how corporate press continues to push war. Here is hack extraordinaire Joe Scarborough on MSNBC. You look at, like, for instance, Ron DeSantis, who actually went on Fox News yesterday and said that Putin doesn't really pose a risk to his neighbors. And uh, it just, it's absolutely painful. Uh, I water it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's absolutely painful, especially... A guy who wants to take control of a party that Ronald Reagan once led and went to the Brandenburg Gate and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. What, what, a, what, a, uh, what a way to devolve for a party. Ron DeSantis and other Republicans don't want this next election, or really anything, to be about foreign policy. It's their Achilles heel. They don't know anything about it. They don't care. The base they have to deal with um, is actively hostile to any discussion of foreign policy, partly, um, you know, as it, it is that anti-Zelensky, anti-Biden reflex, um, but partly because the Republicans have abandoned the, the internationalist, the kind of muscular internationalism that Reagan brought to the end of the Cold War um, and adopted a kind of sour, know-nothingism uh, about foreign policy. And those are the primary voters. And this is, I think, why you're seeing the House being the, the House members somewhat difficult, uh, more difficult than the Senate members, because that's the very core of the GOP base. That Those are the primary voters that they have to get past. And those voters don't want to hear anything about foreign policy or NATO or Ukraine or Zelensky because they watch a lot of TV and they don't know much more else. Does that clown understand that he's on TV in a box with five other know-nothings? Um, and also this, this dismissiveness to the base. If the, let's, say, let's say it actually is true. Now, first off, uh, we had four years of Trump. We didn't have wars, right? We did not have wars. So the idea that they've abandoned things, we had peace through strength. Trump dropped a freaking bomb in the middle of nowhere. Remember that mother of all bombs that he dropped? And then people were like, whoa, this guy's kind of nuts. Let's not test him, right? We got, I think, six peace deals in the Middle East. Uh, Putin took Georgia under Bush. He took Crimea under Obama. He took nothing under Trump. So first off, the idea that Republicans know nothing about foreign policy is just not true. I think Trump has done an incredible job in those four years of changing the view of what foreign policy should be. We should not be nation building. We should use our power judiciously. That's number one. 
But number two, the dismissiveness and the smugness, and they can only do this, no, nowhere could they do this better than MSNBC. The smugness of this guy, Tom Nichols, that these people don't care about foreign policy. You know, if a truck, if a, if a freaking train blew up and there were 10,000 gallons of ammonia and all of this toxic shit and all of my water and in my air and the fish were dying and my chickens were dead, I don't know that I'd be like, could we get some more money for Ukraine? Like these people, they are such elitist, awful people. And guess what? They want World War III. They really do want it. And do not forget, I've had David Sachs on, on the show a couple times. I think he's become one of the cleanest, clearest voices on what is going on in Ukraine. You can fund it. You can give them weapons, all of those things. But at the end, Putin needs an off-ramp. And we just a couple days ago had Biden saying, we'll fund this as long as you want. And then Zelensky saying, the only off-ramp for me is I want to be in NATO. You are telling Putin that you are screwed, man. And Putin still has nukes. We will get into that for just a second. Uh, so here is, uh, because there, it's theater also. You have to understand a lot of this is just theater. There is no business like show business, okay? So here is CNN's Alex Marquard. Uh, he was on, uh, he was in Kiev when, when Biden showed up a day or two ago. And if you want to know what theater it is, sometimes they even have to show you on CNN. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? No bombs, no uh, sirens, no nothing. Then the president shows up and oh my God, just as he's walking out into the city center to meet the guy he's given all the cash to, there's, there's bomb alerts and there's sirens and everything. And it's theater. You know it is 100% theater because nobody ran towards Biden to, Bi a bomb's coming, cover him up. You know, you'd at least put your hand up or an umbrella or something. Nobody did that. They did it so that you would hear sirens in the background again. So you would subtly, what you would be seeing and hearing would be disconnected from reality and you wouldn't know what to make of it. Why do you think we would send our president, whether it was Ronald Reagan or Joe Biden or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush, do you think we send him to a war zone where there is any threat whatsoever of him being bombed? No, there isn't. And even on freaking CNN, they had to admit it. Uh, Biden gave a, a big speech in Ukraine. Again, he has not been to East Palestine, Ohio yet, which is dealing with a unbelievable disaster. Uh, and he's very excited about American support for Ukraine. All across my country, in big cities and small towns, Ukrainian flags fly from American homes. Do they? I don't know. Do they? I mean... I don't really see any in Florida. You know what I see in Florida? I see a lot of um, American flags. I see Floridian flags. Uh, sometimes I see a flag just with an alligator. People are very pro-lizard here, pro-reptile, you know, reptile, okay? Uh, it's just nonsense, but he has to, shouldn't they be the ones flying our flags? Like with all that cash, you think they'd buy back a couple flags from us, although all of our flags are made in China, so maybe that doesn't make much sense. Uh, and of course, here he is just ramping it up. It's not, this isn't just about Ukraine. It's not just about Russia. It's not just about the U.S. It's the whole world. When Russia invaded, it wasn't just Ukraine being tested. The whole world faced a test for the ages. Europe was being tested. America was being tested. NATO was being tested. All democracies are being tested. 
And the questions we face were as simple as they were profound. Funny, everybody's being tested, but does anyone throw in some cash on this thing? Uh, Spain, I think they're a democracy. How much are they throwing in on this thing, right? Does Brazil count as a democracy anymore? I'm not sure. I guess probably not anymore, but they used to be, or they're half a democracy, or they were until two weeks ago. Are they throwing a little cash? Is anyone throwing in cash? Now, I get it. Yes, there's a little bit of money trickling in from other countries, but it's a test for the world and for democracy. We'll fund it to the tilt. Sure, my son worked at a Ukrainian energy company with no expertise, and it might have something to do with what we've been doing for a long time with this family and a giant money laundering operation, but look over there. Uh, if you don't think this thing is ratcheting up, uh, check this video out. So this is Vladimir Putin at a uh, Russian event. This is with a whole bunch of government officials. Uh, and they are announcing, he's announcing, the suspension of the Strategic Offensive Weapons Treaty. Let me repeat what that is. The Strategic Offensive Weapons, weapons to attack people, they are suspending their involvement in the Strategic Offensive Weapons Treaty. Take a look. Вынужден заявить сегодня о том, что Россия приостанавливает свое участие в договоре о стратегических наступательных вооружениях. Повторю, повторю, не выходит из договора. Нет, а именно приостанавливает свою часть. Just to be clear, the, the guy that was circled there in the green, that was, we grabbed this from Twitter, that, that's Sergei Lavrov. He is the foreign minister of Russia. He's under personal sanctions from the EU, the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Japan, and Australia, all because of their invasion in 2022. Uh, he was circled in that video for a separate reason that someone was commenting on 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 Twitter, uh, but this is the last anti-nuke treaty between Russia and the West, and they are pulling out of it. They are saying, we are not going to be part of this anymore. Let me be clear, as Joe Biden often says, I am not pro-Putin, I'm not pro-Russia, and I don't think you can just march your troops into someone else's country and say, we're taking this land, even if we think it was ours and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think he's a friend of the West, and I don't think he's a friend of minorities and all of those things. But do you see what is happening here? We are on the slow march being cheered on by the entire Democrat party. And then every time a Republican comes out, say DeSantis, or say certainly say Trump, or, or any of these people at this point, I don't think Vivek, and we'll see about Nikki Haley. I don't, well, Nikki Haley may be a little more in the fight them directly. That's a, so there is a split there in the Republicans. So I think Nikki would be in a little more of you fight them. I know she would be, I've interviewed her about it. And, uh, and Pompeo, former secretary of state, he said on my show a couple of weeks ago, you have to keep arming them. So there is a split, but th it's healthy to have a split on a side. Like that's how you debate things. That's how you figure things out. But the point is every Republican, and not just Republican, every sane voice on television that is anti-war, anti just, oh, give them three more tanks. That'll, that'll really tilt the thing. You always see this thing like, oh, we gave them five more planes. Oh, oh, oh gosh, they've got five more planes. This thing's over. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. They will try to frame you as a stooge and a puppet and you're somehow anti-American and you're pro-Russia and all that stuff as we just inch closer and closer to World War III. Like that is real. Well, shit. We got a lot of good stuff going on over here. I don't want to go to World War III. Um, 
but it does seem to be going in that direction. And here's a little bit more from MSNBC, Andrea Mitchell. Now you remember Andrea Mitchell from a couple days ago, she interviewed Kamala Harris and she completely lied about what was going on right here with uh, Governor DeSantis and getting rid of that AP African-American studies class. And she completely lied, Kamala lied. So she's just a liar. And Joe Scarborough, do I need to explain any more about him? Uh, they're really big on Biden right now because Biden's being strong because he's leading us to war. How badly the war is going. And now Vladimir Putin has to put up with the image of Joe Biden walking around the streets of Kiev. You know, I can't tell you how emotionally and symbolic important that was. He always, uh, not, not just us in the media, but even people in his own party, they always oh, yeah. underestimate yeah. Joe Biden. I will say the one thing that Newt Gingrich has said over the years that I actually agree with was after the 2022 election, said, hey, Republicans, we are underestimating him just like Democrats underestimated Ronald Reagan. And it always blew up in our face politically. Again, they underestimated this guy. Does that strike you as journalism or a giant suck job? What is that? What, oh my God, the, I cannot tell you the emotion of that man showing up and they even played the fake air siren and he walked out there with his robotic legs and it was all very exciting and he handed cash to the guy who seemingly might have blackmail information on him. It's so beyond the pale bananas that we are at this spot, but that is exactly where we are at right now. And, and if you don't see a stark difference, that, that's the silver lining of this, guys, I'm telling you. The stark difference, all the Republicans have to do right now is just keep saying, hey, we're just not in the mood to ratchet this war up. And I don't think most people care about this. I, I just don't think, I don't think, remember Mitch McConnell, what was that, two, three months ago? The number one issue on most Republicans' minds is the war in Ukraine. No, I don't think it's in the top 20. Now, if you guys ratchet it up to the point that we're about to have World War III, I guess people are gonna be thinking about it a little bit more. Um, but there's gotta be a way, way to deescalate this thing. And also, you just, do you think that Biden, do you think that Blinken, any of these people that are in charge of any of this, do you think that they are, they are honestly the best people to be doing this? If you do, uh, you're watching the wrong show. Uh, anyway, uh, here is ABC, because every now and again, what I always tell you, the, the media, one of their tricks is they're, they're like sort of wholly awful, but every now and again, they have to show you something true so that you don't tune out completely because your alarms, your sirens are going off in your head going, man, this is mostly bullshit. Most, most people can see it at this point. So now and again, they have to show you something true. That's sort of like the CNN reporter before being like, you know, that was a little odd. I haven't heard any sirens for a while. Suddenly Biden shows up there, sirens. That was them throwing a little, a little crumb. Uh, here is an ABC reporter uh, saying that actually, you know, people aren't really into this Ukraine thing, despite Andrea Mitchell and Joe Scarborough being all about it. And this was about Europe being tested, America being tested, NATO being tested, and most importantly, democracy being tested. He's making the case that this is about democracy versus autocracy. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that this all comes, of course, as we mark the one-year anniversary in Ukraine. This is a time when some countries are beginning to call into question President Zelensky's approach. Their support for Ukraine may be uh, starting to waver a little bit. And so Biden uh, today making it a point to rally international support for Ukraine. All right, so that would be a good sign, right? It would be a good sign if we had more of an anti-war movement. It would be a good sign if some of those progressives, hey, I've got a challenge for you, AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I think you're all terrible, but you're at least supposed to be anti-war. 
So why aren't you at war with your own party as they lead us to World War III? Can you get there? I don't think so, because they're actually, they're nothing other than little pieces of, a, of they're cogs in a machine, that's all they are. Um, I don't think most people want this, so how do we shift gears? Well, one way we could shift gears is by clearly stating what is going on right here in this country and say, maybe we gotta take care of that first. So here's a little video. I wanna now get us fully circled back to where we started. Vivek Ramaswamy is running for president. Uh, he did this interview with Tucker. He's made the full announcement. Uh, and I'm gonna show you a clip now of uh, Gay Pete talking about what's going on in Ohio. And then Vivek will be commenting on it. And I think you'll see how we can, we can actually change some minds by just clearly stating what the truth is. Look, rail safety is something that uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. Particularly high amount of attention because this happens two, three times a day, Vivek. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that he said that out loud. This is appalling. I mean, he Look at the, what the people in this town and this community are going through. And to be able to be that callous, to just turn that into a statistic, is just appalling and says a lot about how the leadership condescends on the people of this country. I mean, I'm talking to you from Ohio today. But on the other hand, I've gone to school at Harvard with people like Pete. Pete and I actually overlapped in college. And I will just tell you, the dirty little secret is this, okay? People in other parts of the country do not take something like this as seriously when it happens in flyover country like Ohio. If this had happened in New York City or Washington, D.C., this would be a very different story in terms of national media attention, in terms of attention from our government leaders. And the fact that he's even implying that this has gotten too much attention because it's just another statistic, I think reveals exactly why people in that town of East Palestine do not trust the leaders who are in charge because they've been given no reason to trust them. And if it happened in New York, Buttigieg would have been there on day one. You see why it's good that he's running? It does not matter whether you think he can win or not. Getting someone who can clearly articulate these ideas, get out there and stand up. And, and, and it was freaking at Harvard while Pete was there telling you this is how these people think. And we all know damn well if that freaking disaster happened in New York City or DC as they referenced, Pete would have been there in a minute. He would have got on his little bike and he would have gotten there in a minute. Well, he would have got in the truck with the bike and then a block out before the cameras got there, they would have put him on the bike and he would have biked over there with his little, bi little bike helmet and the whole thing. Um, we have to do better and I think we can do better and I think some good people are getting involved and that, that will be our chance. This is exactly how we will shift gears. People are wavering in their support for Ukraine, their endless support, and it doesn't mean they're Russian stooges or mean or selfish or anything else. We care more about Ohio. I do, period. I care more about the people of Ohio than I do about the people of Ukraine, okay? This is our home, this is our country, and, and I'm just not gonna follow these warmongers on their path to World War III. They're gonna try to take us there, uh, but you know what? If we can get good people communicating the right ideas, whether it's Vivek, whether it's DeSantis, whether it's Trump, we have a chance to fight the thing. And I like our chances. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a post-game show coming up for you at rubenreport.locals.com in about 51 seconds. Uh, as a reminder, my Friday show will be the first ever show, first ever live stream shot at Rumble's new studio in Sarasota. It will only be on Rumble and Locals, not on YouTube. So go to rumble.com 
uh, slash Ruben Report and uh, subscribe over there. We've got a quick cold close for you and I'll see you in a few seconds. Adios. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.